If this podcast inspires you to fast track your own career journey, visit FastTrackToFearless.com to enroll in one of my courses. There's a special 20% discount for podcast listeners that's available for all paid courses. Enter the code POD20 at checkout. Welcome to Fast Track to Fearless. I'm Tracy Forsyth, and I'm here to help you become 100% career confident. When you're thinking of redoing your career, possibly later in life, think back to what you loved to do as a child. Throughout the series, we learn the secrets of inspirational people and fearless leaders as they share their journeys to success. So today I'm joined by Marielle Wise, CEO of the much coveted fashion brand Wise London. Known initially for its colourful cashmere and supremely wearable range, the brand appeals to those, in Marielle's words, who want something elevated, luxurious, but also unexpected and a bit fabulous. And having known Marielle for some 20 years now, and before she was a fashion designer, I would say those words describe Marielle perfectly. Elevated, luxurious, unexpected, and totally fabulous. Welcome, Marielle. Thank you, Tracy. The check's in the post. (laughs) (laughs) So, Marielle, when I met you all those years ago, we worked in television. Fast forward a few years, and now you are the CEO of a global fashion empire. That is the mother of all career pivots. So how did that happen? I don't think we're a fashion empire, first of all, but we're on hopefully on the road to being quite a good, solid, big brand. How did it happen? all by accident, really, rather than intent. So I would say that it's very much a story of a woman who was in television, worked with you, um, and then gave up work because of commitment with the children and blah, blah, blah. Life got in the way, I think the the expression is. And then one day scratched my head and thought, I have to do something because I'm a bit bored. And so I designed five cashmere jumpers and I went to a funny little house sale and put it on a rail and people started picking them up. No one actually bought anything, may I say, but they looked at them and I thought, well, at least they're looking at them. That was how it started, basically. And and that was only, that wasn't very long ago, was it? It was like, what? Yeah, six and a half, seven years ago now. So So when you look back at where you, how you started and where you are now, what are the two, what are the two differences? Well, I've learned. I'm learning I've never done any of this before. So what what the differences are that I know a little bit more about what I'm doing, not a ton, but I'm constantly every day learning. I'm learning what it's like to run a business, what it's like to design, how, how all the elements of design have to deliver. There's so much that I'm learning. I mean, every day is like, is just a new set of rules that I didn't have the day before. So it's been extraordinary in that in that respect. And I think one thing that I always think is that I'm making this whole thing up, you know, and, 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 and it's great that it's kind of half working. I mean, what you've done is so admirable to so many people. You've, you've gone from one career to another career completely, and you've started something completely from scratch because you're not a fashion designer by trade or by, by training. So uh, tell us a little bit about designing those first five cashmere sweaters that nobody bought to running this brand that 
you know, it's it's you've you've opened a high street shop a shop in Marlebone. You know, you you have like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. I mean, it's it's as I say, much much coveted. I don't actually really know the answer to any of it because I haven't done. Like I say, it's not like I've worked in a fashion business before but there was one thing that I heard once um, and it was actually the founder of Not on the High Street that said it and Holly Tucker she's called and basically what she said was when you're thinking of redoing your career possibly later in life think back to what you loved to do as a child and what I loved to do as a child was to make clothes so I used to go to the John Lewis or a funny little fabric store and just get that and and like trimmings and go home and my mother could sew. So the joy of creating has always been, you know, I've always I used to make my kids clothes and stuff like that. And so I've always loved that. And I still get a real buzz from something coming out and just going, oh my goodness, we thought of that from nothing. And that's a really exciting bit. So that's something that I think that if you're thinking of another chapter in your life, that's a good thought to have I think in terms of the rest of it honestly Tracy I've learned on the job there's no other way to say I've made a mistake I've made another mistake quite similar hopefully not exactly the same and you just have to keep just moving forward and then all of a sudden you get it semi-right and you think okay this is going in the right direction so I guess the things that I see in, in that story is that you're making it sound like, well, I just learned on the job and I, I don't know how I did it. But there are a lot of things that are involved in that, like tenacity, resilience, you know, uh, presumably bouncing back. Or what have been the most important qualities, do you think, that, that, that have kept you going? I think conviction. I think knowing what it is that you're trying to do ultimately. And I think for me, it's trying to make a lady that potentially is forgotten feel good about herself. And I think that's my, you know, that's what I can hear. And that's what I feel myself because, you know, I feel like, where do I shop? So it's very much that. I think resilience is definitely, you know, of course you have to have such thick skin because, and also that whole kind of, it feels like a cliche saying it, but it's so true. When you, when it goes wrong, you learn. When it goes right, you don't really learn. You just think, oh, well, that was great. And, you know, you're on a high because it's gone right. But I've had some, you know, some big flops. And, and, and I just think, okay, what are we learning here? And, and, and you take it as a positive. So you have to shift your mindset. Plus, I have to say one of the biggest things that I think, there is luck, but definitely I've had some of that. But I think it's hard work, sheer hard work. I would say I work 12 to 16 hour days. Yeah, so working hard, but but having that conviction, and I think I guess that conviction by another name is purpose, like something that really drives you. And I love what you say about failure because I mean the way I see failure is it's just development in disguise. You're so it's so right. You don't learn anything from success, really. It's only in uh, falling over and getting up again that you learn. Yeah, yeah and sort of putting it in perspective sometimes as well. You know, you have to have a perspective because if you don't have a perspective, then it will just get you down. One thing that comes with running a business is responsibility. And the responsibility often is the thing I still, even like 10 minutes ago, I was looking around thinking, oh my goodness, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at all the people in the office and I'm just thinking, I don't understand half of why this happened. But, you know, that's great still in a way. <laughs> 
What I love about that is that you have so successfully transitioned into a very successful career, and yet you're you are still uh, exhibiting signs of imposter syndrome. So, do you acknowledge that in yourself? Do you feel that you have imposter syndrome, and if so, how do you deal with that? You you have it on, and if you don't have it, I think there's something wrong. I think you have it on a an hourly you know hourly basis. I think you how do you deal with it? You acknowledge it. You just say, well, that's the way it is, that it is, and then you just go with what you think is right can't you can't you can't be anything other than who you are you know and so you just trust you trust your instinct i mean i think we've had one huge advantage it's not really an advantage but it's something that we created inadvertently for ourselves which is a conversation with the customer and i think that that has really really and it's something that i am thankful for all the time because Basically, if you could roll back, the, the most important person in our business is our customer. It's great to have all the team and everything, but we need to show the customer that we're thinking of her. I think that that dialogue we have with the customer is so strong and so important. And that is something that that's key to our business. And I think it's something very, very striking about your brand, because when I look at your your Instagram feed, you know, you you often do these amazing live Instagram live which is just you with a rack of clothes talking very naturally not showy kind of uh, just on and off go the clothes you talk through you have you literally have that conversation so there's something there that I think is is just about authenticity and vulnerability and do you think that that is particularly important in that demographic I mean we're talking sort of middle-aged women yeah yeah very much yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a word that I use quite a lot, which is demystifying. And um, I think that, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I'm a fashion brand, therefore I'm so special and therefore I can only do what I think is right and you will, you know, you will do what you're told, i.e. to the customer. It's like, well, actually, they won't, number one, because they'll tell you because they'll buy it or they won't. So forget about that. And, you know, after all, this is a this is a two-way street. You know, it's it's... I want to make you feel better. And if you don't think that piece is going to make you feel better, then why would I, why do I want to make that? Because if, even if I love it hundred percent and you don't want to buy it, then so be it. You know, you're the boss here really. So I respect the customer enormously. And, and in terms of that, um, a lot of the clients that I work with are that um, mid-career or, or exec level, that middle, you know, women from 40 to 50, you know, and what, what for you is special, remarkable, or, or what are the considerations for that age group? They want to still shout, but if that makes sense, they want to still be noticed, but they want to not be worn by. They want elevation. You know, that word elevated is very real. They want to feel just that 20% better about themselves, you know, or or 90%, whatever it is. You just want that little icing thing in clothing. And I think it's about the reality of wearing. And I do see, you know, there's lots of wonderful fashion brands out there, but some of them I'm just like, how do you wear that? I don't get it. Who's wearing this? Who's in charge here? And um, I think that, the lovely messages that I get from the customers saying, you know, that it's just made them feel so much better about themselves and so much psychology is behind how you dress in the morning, what you put on. One of the things I I always do remember about you um, or something that I've always felt about you is that you just had a very strong sense of self and you did have a strong sense of 
self-confidence when I look back you were always very poised and uh, I remember you teaching me things about about fashion and and cuts and and all of that kind of thing so uh, have you always had that sort of inner confidence and poise well I don't think I do by the way um I'm glad I put that exterior out there I think that my mother had an ability to make Primark look like it wasn't Primark. So she had, you know, she made it always look a bit really super expensive and used to say, mom, how did you do that? So I think that thing of putting things together, I hope that I've got a little bit of that. And I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just, I guess, because my mother's French and I just, I love putting clothes together and it's in my blood, that bit. What have been, in either in that transition or in, in your current role, what are the kind of biggest obstacles or biggest adversity that you're coming up against or have come up against and how did you tackle it? Oh, my goodness, there's one every day. Um, oh, there's so many, Tracy. Honestly, there's so many. If it's not product, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's how you manage people, how you move it forward, you know... Uh, a cousin of mine is in fashion. He said, you have chosen the hardest industry to be in. You realize that because, you know, you've got it right this season. You've got to do it all again. And uh, so you're constantly having to reinvent the wheel and stay relevant and all that. So I think product is is number one. You've got to make your product sing every season. Then you've got everything else. that go- I mean, every day there's seven million challenges and, you know, you just have to you know, now my latest thing is like listening to Diary of CEO or whatever it is and just taking steps in how you manage your own feelings as well. You know, there's, there's, there's managing people, but there's also managing, you have to manage yourself because no one's managing you. There's problems every, everywhere. It's how you deal with them. And how do you manage yourself then? What, what goes into your Diary of a CEO? Uh, fitness is important for me because if, I don't have physical fitness. It's almost top of my list. I cannot have mental fitness. So for me, keeping fit and keeping strong is so, so fundamental to me then being able to be calm. I don't know. I sort of think actually age is quite a good one as well. I think as you get older, you get definitely a little bit wiser. You just try and shake things off more easily. So I think I try not to let things get to me in the same way that they used to. You know, thinking about things calmly and, you know, putting things down, thinking about it, walking away and come. Because, you know, your gut is like, mm, this is really, you know, da, da, da. But you, that's not how, that's not a productive way to react to things. And you, you've clearly had success in two different industries. You know, when you, when you think about success, how do you measure it? What does success look like? Uh, I think it's doing something that you look forward to doing every day. I was, I mean, I think both careers that I've had, you know, in our days and this day, it's just feeling like I can achieve something today. And I think I've been really lucky. I am definitely a creative person. That much I've realised. I cannot, I mean, getting onto this podcast required a sort of, you know, an A-level in, in, in podcasts and, and, you know, a spreadsheet, honestly, I think something happens to my brain, an area of it shuts down. But if you put lovely colour cards in front of me, I'm in heaven, you know. So I think acknowledging what you're really, what really makes you happy to get up in the morning and what really makes you, and just seeing if you can go with that, if you can make a career of that, and then trying your absolute hardest and grafting, that's what I think it's about. 
Yeah, wonderful. And you're clearly going to serve as an inspiration to many people who want to make a career pivot to what I call passion, you know, passion to passion. So if you had to give tips to people wanting to make a similar or a pivot, a career pivot at, at this age, what comes to mind? You have to be brave because um, I think that's the one thing that I would encourage people is to, and don't listen to what people say, because people will just look at you and go, what? They won't say it. They say it's great. And then behind that, you're thinking, no, you're not thinking that, are you? You're thinking I'm a bit stupid. So I think you have to ignore people. You have to be, you know, quite big headed, I think, and stubborn. And, and I think the most important thing is to try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you don't try, you'll never know. You know, and I, I honest, honestly, there is. N- if you'd asked me this three years ago, even three years ago, if you'd said, "Do you think you'll be here now?" I'd say, "Absolutely not, even in the zone." So you, you've got to give it a go because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and Marielle, on that note, this is only the second career that you've had. You know, what what might be the third? Oh my goodness, no! I'm too tired. <laughs> don't 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 give me a heart attack. <laughs> if I had to ask you for three golden rules or a motto to live by, what what would yours be? Keep fit and healthy, laugh, and um, I love nature. I mean, I go around Kew Gardens sort of naming plants in Latin and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. I think I found your third career, <laughs> curator of flowers at Kew Gardens or something. Yeah. Listen, you, you honestly, you are so inspirational and um, I just love your your well all of those things that you said bravery and stubbornness and you know and determination and also huge creativity to just start with an idea and then transform it into a brand and and a coveted brand and one that speaks to so many people with such authenticity and also a gap in the market I mean your cousin said oh okay you've done the the hardest industry but Good heavens, you found us an audience that wasn't being served. And that, I just think, is remarkable. I'm her. So, you know, I'm, I'm basically doing it for myself, if I'm honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> so be selfish. Yeah, do it for yourself. Yeah. Marielle, so just remind us, the, can, the, the new store, I know it opened in September, yeah. Marlebone High Street in London. Marlebone. Yeah, that's but right. But obviously, wiselondon.com um, on, uh, on the internet. And, and I would really urge anybody watching or listening to uh, check out Marielle's Instagram lives because they are brilliant. <laughs> they brilliant. are really symbolic is what you mean. But, but that's why they work. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, you, that's why they work, isn't it? Because they're really engaging and truthful and honest and it's an honest conversation. Anyway, I, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy CEO life. And thank you for joining me on the Fast Track to Fearless. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you, Tracy. Thanks for listening to Fast Track to Fearless with me, Tracy Forsyth. Subscribe to the show for news of future interviews and to stay up to date with Coaching Corner. Please review and like the show on Apple Podcasts. If you need further inspiration for your own career journey, you can check out all my courses and resources on fasttracktofearless.com. And don't forget, podcast listeners get a special 20% discount on the website by using the code POD20 at checkout. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.